this is Hallie Mastro Berardino. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am going to start this episode off by giving a little disclaimer. I am currently recording this on August 4th, and there is a hurricane brewing. So if you hear any weird wind or rain sounds during this episode, that's why. Today, I am so excited to welcome a guest who I call a very, very great friend. Mr. Colin Lemoyne is joining us. Colin and I met a few summers ago at Music Theater Wichita. We were both in the resident company in 2017 and 2018. He is originally from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and that's where he finds himself now during Corona craziness, as I like to call it. Colin attended Indiana University Bloomington when he was just 16 years old. Some of Colin's favorite credits include George in the Drowsy Chaperone, as well as playing Ambrose Kemper in the national tour of Hello, Dolly. That will be the experience that Colin is going to share all the details with us about today. And I cannot wait for you to enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed sitting down and chatting with him over Zoom, of course. Without further ado, here's Colin. Hi, Colin. Hello. Let's do a little check-in. How are you feeling? How is Corona craziness treating you? Um, I'm feeling all right. It's been a very long time, so I'm ready for it to be done, but I think it's going to be a little longer. I am excited to get back to things, though, when things start to open up. For sure. And so are you planning on staying where you are, or are you coming to New York? What's the plan? I'll probably come back to New York sometime in the fall, and then I will make more decisions based on how things are going in the next couple months. Cool. Okay, I think we're ready. Let's take it from the top. All right, Colin, how did you hear about this audition? I was at another audition. I can't remember what it was, but I was there with Tanner Fluger, our good friend. Mm -hmm. And he had mentioned that he had heard they were auditioning for Ambrose and Barnaby for the national tour. And I was kind of bummed that I had missed the auditions. And so I went home that day and I emailed my agents and were like, hey, uh, I really would love to get seen for stuff kind of like this if it comes up again. And they were like, oh, well, they didn't find the people they were looking for, so they are holding another round of auditions the next day and got me an appointment at 12.30 the next morning. So I was like, cool, I will take this material and start working on it. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I don't think I knew that before. It was really bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like the stars aligning in a matter of literally 24 hours. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what did they have you prepare when you had to go in? Well, Ambrose, he he has his couple scenes. I had to prepare the section that I sing in Sunday clothes. And then I had to prepare the first scene with Dolly and the second scene with Dolly. So who was in the room at that first audition? At the first audition, there was Steve Edlin, the associate director and Craig Burns, the casting director. Awesome. And so how was it going in there? Like, did was there any sort of collaboration or was it kind of just you went in, you did your thing? I went in and I read it. Steve Edlund is 
the nicest guy. So Craig is also super kind. And they had me read it through once and then gave me a couple of notes on the scene. That production was really stylized. They wanted to see if I could fit into the style of that world. So they kind of told me a little more about it. I'd seen it once, but it was hard to remember. It was like a year ago. So I took the, I took those notes and did it. And then I sang the song once and they gave a couple of notes on kind of wanting that to be just singing it and not worrying about doing anything with it, just standing there and like being happy about Sunday clothes. <laughs> and then I left the room and they were handing out little slips of paper saying you can come to the dance call at three at Pearl that day. Because this was at Telsey. Very interesting. And so then you went back to dance. Yes, I went back to dance. There were eight of us in the dance call at three. And Sean Burns, who was the Barnaby that I wound up being in room buddies with for the next year, he was there. There were eight, there were eight of us and there were like five tall guys and three shorter guys. So I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure there's like five Ambroses here and three Barnabys. <laughs> But Sean thought we were in competition because even though we were like learning the same dances and they had us learn the polka super fast, a solo version of the polka. They had like altered the choreo so you could do it by yourself from the big recapitulation section. And it was like a minute long dance. They had everybody do it twice as a group and then they split us up into smaller things and they had us do it. And the, I remember the big issue is that I couldn't remember what side I did my double tour on. It had been a little while <laughs> and it, that was the big ending trick of the audition combo. So I tried it the first time I went through on my left and it didn't feel as happy as I wanted it to be. Even though I, I landed it they called Sean and I up to dance again together and I switched it to the right that time and I think the reason why one of the reasons why I got the part is because I did it on both sides it's kind of it leads to a lot of injuries doing like a double tour in that number like it's very easy to twist your ankle but if you switch sides that problem goes away you just if you twist an ankle you can just switch to the other side and then it can let the ankle heal and then when you twist that ankle you can switch back to the other side Wow. I thought you were going to be like, it balances out. You do one one day and one the next day. But no, it's like you get hurt doing it one way and then you switch over. It might have been smart to do it the other way. But <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, it was my first tour. So I was getting used to doing so many shows. It's crazy how much, if, you, if you're not careful, it can, you can start developing injuries um, after you do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Like that would never have happened at the summer stocks that we were working at mm -hmm. because, but if you, if, if we had been doing seven brides for seven brothers over and over again for a year, I would probably be broken. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For sure. Okay. So now, so let's go back. So you did, you went into sing and read, you did the dance call. How many other times did you have to go in for them? Well, the weird thing was on the audition notice that I got, it said that rehearsals were starting that Friday. So I was like, oh, well, then I have to know today they have to call me, right? And so I went home that day and I was like hanging around hoping that they'd call because it felt like it went well. And then 
I, I didn't hear anything. But then on Tuesday, I got an email that was like, hey, can you come back in tomorrow at 11 and maybe try and meet with a voice teacher beforehand to just go over the little section of Sunday clothes and get it down really solid. Did that come from your agents? You got that email from them? Yeah, it went like through the agents from Craig. And then I've like emailed the voice teacher I work with in the city, Eileen Reed, and was like, is there any chance you can meet with me in the next four hours or between nine and 10 tomorrow morning? And she was like, I could do a quick FaceTime lesson at nine tomorrow. And so we FaceTimed and we went over it because it's insanely high, that one section. <laughs> it's no fun to do in an audition, especially because it's, it's a quintet. So there's no reason that you should be singing it alone. <laughs> we practiced it and kind of got it a little more comfortable and then i went in just sean was sitting in telsey telsey was like completely empty <laughs> and it was sean sitting on the sean was sitting on the bench and we talked for a sec and then as sean and i were sitting there jerry zach showed up and walked into the room oh my uh, gosh <laughs> and we were like oh, okay all right here we go then sean went in did his stuff Sounded great. Uh, Sean is magnificent. Mm -hmm. And then they came out and they called me in. And I went in and I did the reading and the song. And Jerry was so nice. And he's really, it's really cool to work with him. He just knows exactly what he wants. I was reading the first scene, which I mainly say Mrs. Levi a bunch of times. And I'm really stressed. And he gave me a couple notes on it and I did it again and it seemed to be going really well. And then he asked, he wanted me to start trying to interrupt Dolly while she was speaking. And it was, it was really funny and like off the wall and we did not do it in the show at all. Mm -hmm. But it was entertaining to do while reading with Steve. And then I also, then while we were singing the Sunday clothes, he kind of came up and helped me by telling me just be there and sing it and not try to act it and just let it come out. And it, it didn't feel stressful like an audition usually does. It mm -hmm. felt more like he was kind of giving me like a coaching for a good self-tape because they were recording the whole thing for um, Scott Rudin. And yeah, I did it and Jerry was like, well, thanks for coming in and left. And <laughs> I was like, oh, they just saw Sean and I today. <laughs> awesome. I, I think that night I was going to the reunion for Wichita. So I met up with Tanner and I was like, Tanner, it's been a wild three days. <laughs> but yeah, I was feeling pretty confident about it at that point and was also thinking, okay, they like rehearsals supposed to start on Friday. So I should know tonight. And I didn't hear anything that night. So I figured they were holding another round of auditions and I was starting to get a little bummed. I and think then, I remember that night. You coming yeah, yeah. and being like, well, I kind of just came from this thing. It was kind of a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, yeah, it was really stressful because <laughs> I, I felt like it went very well, but also they could just never respond again. Mm -hmm. if, like that's how, they, how it could happen. So I went home and I was, I had a little trouble sleeping, but I was, oh, I had another Dolly call. I forgot about that at Main State for Ambrose. Ah, I went in and I got cut immediately. <laughs> like super bummed about it. And I was like, hello, Dolly has done me wrong this week. 
I'm going to go home and I'm going to go to bed for a nap because I'm tired. And I went home and I started taking a nap. And in like 30 minutes, my agents called and they were like, hey, they're offering you the tour. Can you leave in a week? And I was like, yes. Sounds like a plan. Okay, so... I know the rehearsal process was a a little different for you as well. You didn't rehearse in New York. You left and rehearsed where? In Denver. Okay. I I remember that Cassie, Austin Taylor, helped me out. She helped me out so much. I did not know what the heck I was supposed to be packing for this thing. And they were like, you should have two suitcases. And so that was really stressful. But she helped me out because she was on the tour. And then I, I flew out to Denver, which is altitude. Mm-hmm. So I was a little stressed about that. I remember a, a dance teacher of mine was like, oh, you're learning the show in Denver. Exciting. It was like, perfect. So <laughs> I showed up on Monday, I believe. And they were having an extra Tuesday off to travel. So I kind of showed up and Sean and I just hung out together for the day. I, I had a little trouble getting into the hotel because they said that you had to be 21 to check in. And I was only 20. So I had to call the company manager. <laughs> That's crazy. But then I showed up and they walked down the gate. They set up this nice little like desk for us in the stage management room. So I got to like kind of become pals with stage management who were also who were an awesome team. And they had Sean and I watch the first performance. And then each of us had rehearsal the next day. Okay. And so who was running those rehearsals on tour? So... The first rehearsal was a read-through with the production stage manager, Brian, and he knew the show backwards, forwards, upside down, and he was like, so at this point, you walk over to here, and you hit this number. I was like, you know so much about everybody's tracks. It was crazy, but like I hadn't worked with on a show where the stage manager kind of takes over being the voice of the director, like Mm -hmm. keeping the vision and like communicating with them to make sure everything stays together. And then I had dance rehearsals and staging with the dance captain, Ian, and the assistant dance captain, Brittany, and eventually just Brittany once Garrett left because Ian had to be in because they were on a split track show. I feel like that is something that I didn't know existed for a really long time. Like even being in college, learning about the whole split track thing and the swings having to cover all these different parts. And sometimes they can go on for more than one person. Like that it blows is, my mind. I don't understand. Especially with those waiters gala tracks mm-hmm. for the guys. And also a lot of that stuff is like based on body type and size. So I I've, I remember one of the guys from the Broadway company, he came in as a vacation swing. His name is Darius. And he was going in for Brandon, who is shorter than he is, like quite a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. And so Brandon, during It Takes a Woman, hides under the cash register. And Brandon is cramped in there, like stuffed into the cash register. But Darius doesn't even fit in the cash register. Darius was like hunched over and like leaning out the back because there was just no space it looked i i was i felt so bad for him his knees did not fit in there that's crazy oh my gosh so let's go to like your first performance was it sort of like a 
you're going on today? Or was it like a set kind of thing? So they set after our first two rehearsals when they saw that we were like getting getting it pretty fast. They set our put-in day, which was lumberjack themed. So the oh, the ensemble all dressed up as lumberjacks and they had us in full costume. I got my wig on and they cut it. Uh, it was very long. I looked like Legolas from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that wig, and, it's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> name was Spencer Fabio Wickham. He had his own name tag. It was wonderful. And we did the put-in. We initially thought that we would be going in on the next Tuesday in Des Moines. Then they said, hey, we know that we said you were going to go on on Tuesday, but do you want to get off your rehearsal contracts and onto performance contracts and just go on tonight? And I was like, absolutely. I've been running these five scenes for two weeks. I feel really good about it. And Sean, I don't know how Sean learned all of that stuff in two weeks because Barnaby does so much in that show. Sean was like, okay, okay, okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll go on tonight if you feel like I sh- should go on tonight. So we both went on that Friday and it was a blast. It was so fun. Everybody was so nice and welcoming. We had not done the show with either of the leads yet because Lewis was gone when we went on and Betty was gone. So we were on with both of their understudies. And a little FYI, that's Louis J. Stadlin and the Betty Buckley. A killer duo. Yeah. What was your first show with them like? Well, they Louis came back the next week in Des Moines, but Betty had taken a two-week break. And then in Minneapolis is when Betty came back. And so we got called in for a rehearsal with her. And they kind of just went through all of our scenes together and let us know like what she needed from us and kind of what they were used to. And they practiced, like we practiced pushing out the cart so that I wouldn't tip her and Morgan over or (laughs) send them, send them rocking because there's no seatbelts on that thing. And it's a pretty quick entrance and a pretty quick stop as well. Stuff like that. And it was a little stressful to be meeting a Broadway star but it was, she was very kind and it was a fun little rehearsal. Then we went on with her that night and continued to go on with her for months. Was there somewhere on tour that you stopped that you just loved? I always tell people that I had a favorite of year one and a favorite of year two. The first year I loved Greenville, South Carolina was just like the prettiest little town. We were in a nice hotel there, which normally we were normally in a nice hotel, but that one is probably my favorite hotel I stayed in the whole time. It was a very nice place to live for a week. And there's this like waterfall park right behind the theater that just goes for like miles. I had an awesome day on a bike ride with Elaine who worked on my wig and uh, my friend Madison in the show. We like took a bike ride day. And so that was a great day. It was just really fun to see that city. One of the guys in the ensemble, Brandon, went to school there. So I got to go check out his performing arts school, which was cool. And year two, my favorite place was Memphis. I loved going to Memphis and just going to all the museums. And uh, we got to spend a day singing carols, a couple of us at St. Jude's, which is just a like remarkable operation. It's so, I, I, I 
honestly did not know it was just one hospital. And it's just this massive hospital in Memphis that helps so many families by all of the money that they raise just makes it so that these cancer treatments for children is free of charge. Yeah, my elementary school used to do a bunch of fundraisers for St. Jude. So that's awesome that you got to go there. So you mentioned that you did the first year and the second year of the tour. So I want to know how are they different? And then what was what was it like to be on the same tour doing the same show for for that long? Well, getting into the I would say getting into the second year was really another like significant experience. I, I wasn't called in for any rehearsals in New York when they were teaching the new company. So I kind of just took a month off in August and I went home. And then we showed up in Kansas City, which was already weird because it was outside. It's an outside theater. It was it was it, like it was cool, but it didn't really like dawn on me that we were doing Hello Dolly outside till we did Hello Dolly outside and like it rained and one of our performances got canceled. Those costumes are not made to be worn outside either. <laughs> it covered, but. Okay. But, like, the passerelle would get a little, like, the passerelle got wet when it would rain. Mm -hmm. And, like, if it wasn't lightning, it would keep going. And the people in the audience would just put on ponchos. And I was like, <laughs> why are you sitting in the rain? <laughs> you guys are diehard fans if you're coming to see Hello, Dolly! in the rain. <laughs> but we held, like, three days of rehearsal with the new cast before we did it. That was it. They had all been rehearsing like crazy in New York. We had done it once with Carolee in Boston a month earlier. Carolee and John, who were the two new leads. But I had never danced with the Ermengarde. So I remember we had an extra like nighttime rehearsal where we tried to figure out what the polka was going to be the second year because it was changed a little bit because I was continuing to hurt my ankle doing a double tour and I kind of lost it. I like <laughs> got a mental block because I kept hurting my ankles. <laughs> Right, your body's like, stop doing that. <laughs> so we went back to what Melanie Moore did with the back bend. And I I guess like it's very different to like perform with different people in the roles. It really just changes things a little bit. Also, Jerry Zachs came in and worked with Sean and I in Boston. But it was like getting the rest of the book obviously doing something for that long i'm sure there's lots of like ups and downs in terms of having to do the same thing over and over again so i guess if you could pinpoint the highest moment and one of the lowest moments and just talk about how you dealt with those ups and downs that happen over a long run i will say i would get in a i would get into like mental funks every three months or so where I would feel like I wasn't as connected to the part. I don't think my performance changed at all, but you kind of feel a little like out of body with it. Once you hit like a hundred shows for a couple of shows, you're like, oh yeah, I'm saying Mrs. Levi again. I, and I was doing the same thing, but I felt a little like imposter syndrome. Uh, I spoke about that in like having those shows where you're like, that was not it but realizing that we're so hypercritical of ourselves a lot that it may not have been it for us but the, an yeah. audience member w is still enjoying the show enjoying themselves yeah i i, I remember the funny day I, like my second week doing it i wiped out on stage <laughs> and i felt so i was so stressed about it i was like oh no how could i have done that i i did the double tour and i think there was like salt on the ground or something from the eating scene uh-huh and I just like, my feet just like went away. And I like wound up like underneath Sean and 
Crystal, which who were dancing right behind me, and they both looked down and they were like, "What are you doing here?" Oh my gosh, <laughs> those are like the worst moments in the moment, but then the best moments when you can talk about them later. <laughs> I did. They w- I felt like a superhero after it because I like did like a kip up and was like back in the dance. But <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> gave me a heart attack for a second. Yeah. And then, uh, best part. I mean, there were some shows though that I was like, "Wow, I really knocked out of the park." And then there's the shows, like you said, where you're like, oh, that was not my best, but nobody really can tell. And nobody can tell when you're knocking it out of the park, usually either, you know? Right. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're like doing the same thing, right? But you're like, but I was so connected tonight. My Mrs. Levi's, I believed the heck out of them. And they're like, oh, well, it just sounded like you're saying Mrs. Levi again. <laughs> Great, but there was the same thing. My high points was when I would get to like go and explore places with new friends on the tour. My friends Kyle, Marty, and I we went to the Puppetry Museum in Atlanta, and that was a great day. A Jim Henson's exhibit, and I stayed there for like four hours because I loved the Muppets. Uh, that's so cool. That's something I had never, I didn't know that that existed, but you must hit those cities and find those things, and that must be really cool. Yeah, sometimes you just bum about. Mm-hmm. You don't do anything for a week. And <laughs> there's not anything to do. <laughs> but a couple of them, like in D.C., I was going around all the time. I would hop on a little scooter mm-hmm. and I'd lime around the memorials a lot of nights. Yeah. So did you ever go to a city where you had people come to see the tour? Most of my family came in Minneapolis because Green Bay is like a five hour drive from there and it was the closest. So I saw a lot of them there and that was like the third week. So it was good. It was like right off the bat. Betty was back. So it was, they got to see Betty in the show and Lewis. And then my parents came in DC to see also my uncle and my grandparents. It was just, it was really cool to be at the Kennedy Center. That's like a beautiful theater. It was really a bizarre walk to work there because you're like oh i'm walking like on to the land of the capital of the united states it's that's like the stretch we are on wow. we're like at the mall i did a performance there in college where we literally so from i went to school in pittsburgh we drove there in the morning we performed this like reading of a show and then we left and so I literally got to see it. And the theater that we were in, in the Kennedy Center was like a smaller one. So we didn't get to see like all of it. That's definitely somewhere that like I want to go back to. It's really because, cool. Yeah, that seems awesome. Yeah, I think they're renovating it now too. They just got money for that. Oh, period. Uh, I ran into Sam, Sam Hamashima was working upstairs. And I, That's I, so crazy. I like saw him post there was there was like a protest going on on the way and i was like walking through it and i was on my phone and i saw his story that was oh wow walking through a protest to go to work and i was like that looks a lot like this protest. and he was like i'm working at the kennedy center and i was like i'm working at the kennedy center and so we got dinner that day and i had a couple of tickets in that city so i gave him a ticket and he got to come see the show good so obviously Well, I guess not obviously. It's obvious to me because I know you, but the tour got cut short by Mm -hmm. only how long? Well, they decided to cut the tour before it went to Toronto in like December. So we knew that we weren't going to do the last seven weeks because we were supposed to sit down for six weeks in Toronto. 
which was going to be a long time and awesome. I've never been to that city, but uh, they decided to end it a little early. And so we instead were supposed to close in Rochester and we made it to Buffalo for two days. And then Rochester was right after Buffalo and we ended in Buffalo. And when was that? That was when everything shut down, like when, like the day that Broadway shut down, because we were in New York, so we had to do New York regulations. We we came in thinking we were going to do that show. We were having a cast meeting beforehand, and they were like, hey, we're not doing the show tonight. <laughs> Pack oh. up your stuff. Like, it has to be all packed by 1030 tonight, and then we have a bus taking you to New York tomorrow morning. So I called my parents, and I was like, hey, I don't really think I should go back to New York right now. I don't have anywhere to live. So we got a plane ticket back to Green Bay. Wow, that must have been something else. It was really weird. Everybody was crying, and, like, we hadn't finished our wall tag. It said it was, like, spray-painted on and, like, ugly letters like dolly tour closed due to covid it was a weird time I'm and sure. everyone was trying to figure out where they were going and we didn't have like a cast party plan so like some people were just leaving has there since then have you done any like zoom reunion or anything like that there was a dolly zoom call within the first month with uh, everybody like all of the tour like both years nick Rulo kind of put together. He was a big planner out of the group. He would always get like group activities together. And like Jerry was there and gave a couple of words of encouragement. It was fun to see everybody. Yeah. I feel I felt like in that first month or so, I mean we even did that with the Wichita people. It was yeah. it was like everyone was doing that to kinda regroup, I think as a community and then in our own little casts or company kind of things yeah. yeah it was a weird time i was like oh we're having a wichita reunion okay <laughs> i know even though this whole thing was keeping everyone apart moments like that of bringing people together were keeping me mentally checking in with myself to be like everyone is experiencing this mm-hmm. i want to ask colin like looking back on your whole experience with dolly if there was a piece of advice you could have given to Colin going in for that audition, what would it be? Oh, I think one thing that I didn't get about touring that stressed me out that I wound up learning was that your understudies and your and the swings are like there for a reason to go on when you're not at a hundred percent. Because when I would feel kind of like injured or not a hundred percent. I'd be like, I have to push through it and give 100% even though I'm hurting. And then like, we'll rest on Monday. And nobody wants that for you. You feel like, oh, if I call out, I'm letting everybody down. The producers are going to hate me. The director is going to hate me. But they are paying people to be there to have everybody's back, you know? And that should be used. Like if you're feeling sick, call out because you don't want to get the rest of the company sick. And if your voice is dead because you just got wiped in a new city with allergies and flying for three weeks in a row, like doing one week stints, you should call out because nobody wants to pay to come see a show where you're not doing your 100%, but somebody else can do their 100% that is waiting. I think that's a good reminder to remind ourselves to not feel guilty 
that they are they're they're there literally was, for that yes. reason i have begun to lose my voice because I, I i got a cold and i was fine i was feeling fine again and that was on like friday and then on saturday my voice started to get a little weaker and then sunday i was really having trouble speaking and i made it through the first show like fine but i was like pushing to speak how i normally do and then i was like oh my god my voice is gone and i was like come on you could have made it through the end of sunday get it together why are you failing and i went down and i told the stage manager and he was like perfect okay yeah go home go to bed see you on tuesday and i was like that that's it it's fine are you sure and he was like absolutely yeah you're good see ya get out of here oh, <laughs> i was like oh, okay all right. And I went home and then I was good. I like my voice was back on Tuesday and it was the smart decision because I could have hurt my voice that night and been out for a week. Okay. The last question I have for you. So when I ask a guest to be on, I have them fill out this little survey and on Colin's survey, he said that his favorite food is... Bibimbap. Yep. And I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of surprised that that's what you put. So I want you to explain it to me because I want to know why you love it. I would have a bibimbap. I would try and find one in every city on tour. It was like my like journey. A lot of times Sean would go with me to bibimbap. Friends would go get bibimbap. Sometimes I'd go get bibimbap alone. I would just <laughs> go to a restaurant and I'd sit by myself and I'd read comics on my phone and I would eat the bibimbap and I'd feel so good afterwards because it has protein, it's got the right amount of rice, it's spicy. It would clear everything from my sinuses. They cook it in a stone bowl, so it's like steaming as you're eating it. So you're getting like a facial <laughs> and all sorts of different types of vegetables. So after that, I would, I would try and get that at least once a week if I could. And whatever shows I was doing after that, I felt wonderful. In D.C., they've got a chain. It's like Chipotle, but for bibimbap. And I went there all the time. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to try it soon. I've seen it, and I've just never tried it because I didn't know what it was. But I'll take your recommendation, Colin. You made it two days ago. It's very Ooh, good. You made it at home. Even fancier. Maybe I'll have to do that. <laughs> It's quite the difficult thing to make. It took me like an hour and a half. <laughs> it was good. That's awesome. All right, Colin, on that note, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm wishing you the best. I miss you lots. But thank you for taking it from the top with me. I'll see you later. See ya. Wow, I need to extend the biggest thank you to Colin for joining me today. I learned so much from all of the stories and fun anecdotes that he shared about his time on the tour of Hello Dolly, and I hope you guys did too. If you want to connect with Colin some more, you can follow him on Instagram at Colin underscore Lemoyne, and the spelling and all that info can be found in today's show notes. Please feel free to reach out to me. Send me any questions you may have about the podcast, about me, about our guests, about anything. And really, I want to hear your feedback. Let me know what you thought about this episode, what you'd like to see from future episodes, and anything else you want to share. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm so looking forward to the next time that we get to learn together and remember why we love musical theater so much. 
I can't wait until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Let's Take It From The Top.